Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. Today, I am delighted to have Renee Zamora with me. How are you, Renee? I'm doing great, Wesley. Let me tell you guys a little bit more about Renee. After a successful 23-year sales and sales management career, Renee was one of the pioneers of fractional sales management. In 2006, he founded Sales Managers Now, a virtual sales management firm. The consultants in his firm provide small business sales teams with sales leadership, hands-on management, and professionalism that has been absent in companies that have more market potential. The results have been more than sales, CEOs leading as CEOs, and scalable sales departments. He has memorialized his system in the book written to small business owners, part-time sales management for small business sales teams. So you have been in this arena for more than two decades. How did you get started and how did you get to where you are today? I got started when I moved out of my parents' house (laughs) and to an apartment and had to earn a living. So I went and found a job in the classifieds and it said guaranteed 200 bucks a week, go sell something. So I did. That's how my sales career got started. It wasn't planned like probably many salespeople. And uh, you just find out that I'm pretty good at it, actually. And and it's fun. I still talk about those days that when I was going door to door, carrying a, schlepping a box of pictures around and selling them to someone on on the fly. It was, uh, for a youth, it was a blast. I had a great time, venturous and all that stuff. And then it just uh, worked through different careers, food services, you know, office equipment. Then I got into when the mobile and cellular service uh, system started taking off. I got into the cellular world in the Bay Area in San Francisco. And that industry led me to management. And so I started managing back in 94. And for seven years, I managed in the cellular world. It was during mergers and acquisitions. And so our six different owners in a seven-year period, which uh, I didn't really know, what that was going to help me in my life. But it really, I look back on it, really helped me to learn how to adapt, how much leadership I can provide, you know, within a culture that's constantly changing and how much my team looks to me to set a, keep the culture, the healthy culture in the midst of good and bad external cultures are from us anyway. And so that was cool. And then um, the mergers and acquisitions finally kicked me out the door. Me and my three other peers were let go. And I uh, started looking around to open a a deli franchise. And when I was looking at franchise.com, I saw a training franchise that fit me a little better. And so I started my consulting career in 2001 doing high performance leadership and team training. And I got trained, bought my my own materials and just, I'm a salesperson, right? Hit the phone, started making appointments and then just started training people. That really didn't fulfill me because what I missed was the team aspect, the team win and striving towards a goal together and winning and losing together and training that just wasn't part of it. You just taught people and you moved on. And so that's when in 2006, through uh, a spiritual experience, I'll let you decide if you want to dig into that deeper. Sales Manager Now was founded and uh, it hasn't changed. I've been managing sales teams. I still do. And so for 16 years in this particular virtual model, uh, which is now called Fractional Sales Management. And I have uh, four other consultants that manage teams as well. And my role nowadays is manage my clients and find more clients for my consultants. And so that's what got me here. 
Wow. So you you started in sales very early. There are a lot of people who can remember their first experiences as a child selling something or doing something, going door to door or selling the candy. And so that was kind of like your first dipping your toe in the water. What I really want to chat about a little bit more is your experience within the, the mergers and acquisitions arena. In today's climate, there's a lot of that happening, right? So you said you had, within a seven-year period, there were six different leaders that you had to deal with. Share with us some of the the difficulties of that time and how you overcame them. First off, I would say I was very fortunate to have my direct manager stay with me through five of those. Or actually, after the last one, he left. (laughs) My shelter was gone. So I had a strong leader above me that kind of really set the tone who he spoke directly to ownership. And then it was an insulator for us. But we would go to the owners' meetings as you know, regional and area managers, and we'd work with the new ownership and go through their different styles and cultures. And so we got to experience that. And so, you know, what did I learn from that? I learned what I didn't like. <laughs> I actually wrote a, an article about culture and made some examples about you know A and B and the different behaviors people have. I learned that I respected people that there was a venture capital firm that bought us. And when they bought us, they came and they spoke to all the employees and they said, hey, guys, glad to have you. Like every owner says, we bought you because of you. They all say that. (laughs) But then these guys said, we're a venture capital firm and we have uh, this EBITDA number here. And our goal is to get it to here. And when we do that, we'd be selling you to someone else. And I tell you what, I respected that and went to work for that company because I always knew where they stood. There was the other owners that came in and said, we bought you because of you. We're not going to change anything. Don't worry about it. We love you. Change, change, this, that, micromanage, no manage, everything. And it's a bunch of baloney, to say it politely. <laughs> and so what I learned is employees and people can take the truth. And there's so many owners or managers who feel like we need to protect our employees, our salespeople from the bad news. because they might not be able to handle it or we're going to lose them. You know what? Give them the right to change or give them the right to choose to accept, but treat people as adults and let them make a choice. Don't treat them like babies. So that was probably the biggest lesson I learned, but there's there's others as well. Yeah. You know, I often say that your job as a leader, as a manager is to protect your employees from all of the foolishness that's happening down below. And it sounds like you had a leader that was really instrumental in helping you stay insulated from all of the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. The stuff that would cause you more angst or feeling like, you know, this isn't the place that I need to be. But I also like what you said. It's like, be a person of your word. Like, just be upfront. Forget all the fluff. Forget all the sugarcoating. Don't tell me all these magical things are going to happen and then change. Like, say we are here to achieve this goal. And if you achieve this goal, we will be happy with you. And if yeah. not, then we will not be happy with you, right? Exactly. Exactly. And because, uh, you know, most employees don't want to change. We all complain, right? To whatever degree. Hopefully, leaders, we complain less, but sorry, I do still. <laughs> my wife gets to hear it, right? <laughs> uh, it's not healthy. I wouldn't say it's my best spending my, my time wisely, but uh, it happens, right? But just because anyone complains doesn't mean that they're going anywhere. <laughs> no one likes to change. If it can still work, they'll make it work. But if it can't work, then any of us should look somewhere else. If it's just not the right place to be, that's okay. Just growing in life. Yes. But uh, to your point about insulation, yes. And what did he insulate me from? You know, just 
he was an advocate for us. So if we had concerns, this policy isn't working, our communication isn't happening, I could take those things where more systemic problems and sometimes personality problems. You know, I was strong enough to stand up to any owner there, but I didn't need to because I knew I can communicate my core issues with my manager and he would take, he would choose the battles and he would come back and say, Renee, we're not fighting that one. I'm going to take care of this one for you. And again, just as long as I knew what was really true. And so as leaders, it's doing that. I'm doing that for some reps right now. You know, the owner's wondering why this isn't happening for one of my clients. And I'm saying, well, I explained it to him today. It's like, we need to remove all the pebbles from the, the runway so this little jet can take off. Okay. There's still some little problems that are getting in their way. Let's clear that runway and then, all right, show me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the ways that you find is, is very effective to clear the runway for your team to ensure that they are operating to the best of their ability and really getting things done that need to get done? Clear expectations. What are the specific goals? Not the generic goals. Not like, hey, we'd like you to do, you know, 20 of the X or 30. No, what is it? 20 or 30? You know, what is the result that you want from me at the end of the month? 10,000, 5,000, 100,000, whatever business you're in. Don't say 100,000, but it would be great if you did 150. It's like, okay, obviously, hello. <laughs> <laughs> but what is the expectation? Because sometimes uh, the ownership will, based on the financials or the emotions of the day, will want more or less. I can't manage that way. I need to give people what is the minimum expectation. Then I want to know what your expectation is. So, so getting the pebbles is clear expectations. The next pebble is making sure the systemic problems, there's not, there's not communication breakdowns in other departments, then their apps and their tools. I mean, today, I was just <laughs> telling this owner, man, when we hire the next person, we're going to have to spend a half a day, and all we're going to do is make sure all those apps are set up right, and all the integrations <laughs> and all this stuff, because I don't like this week, 10 days of it dragging on. You know, my Harmonizely still isn't working with this. Ugh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So let's just get all that stuff done. That's getting the pebbles out of the way. And then uh, making sure they have the tools as far as their CRM set up right, the lists are there. Uh, so if we can provide lists for people, it's better than having them go find lists. If that's, I would invest money on giving people their specific targets rather than having them go, here's an industry, go to call some people. And you know how they should go to market and how they shouldn't. And this one particular client, we should be using the phone, not the email because we're paying you for the phone, we're not paying you for the email, we can do simple pay a lot less for email marketing. I don't have to pay you what I'm paying you. I'm paying you to interrupt someone's day and get them talking. You know, being specific about that is uh, different than just uh, get a hold of some people. Mm -hmm. Just talk. Just talk to people. Yeah. So when you left this corporate realm, you said you dipped your toe into entrepreneurship and Instead of getting a deli franchise, you, you bought a training franchise, but it, it wasn't quite resonating with you. I often say training in the vacuum doesn't work because you can't stick people in a room and expect them to come out fixed. Share some of your, your experiences with, I know you said it wasn't fulfilling you, but were there other reasons that you decided this just wasn't what I wanted to do? I think the biggest reason was I just didn't know that I was affecting change as much as I'd like. And I'm a leader. I wasn't leading anybody. <laughs> I was selling and leading a workshop, but I wasn't leading people. I didn't have any accountability to someone's results. And I like that. 
you know, I don't like it sometimes when it's not going well, but I like that part. I like that there's something on the line uh, when I'm working. It makes me feel good some days, not so good other days, but that's all part of my juice, you know? And so that's what was missing for me. And I actually went like six months, I was really in a funk and I was praying for direction. You know, I'm a believer and I just was like, God, give me some new direction. And I just was having a hard time. And one day someone said that I met for the first time. I met this one person the first time and they were asking me, so why are you leaving, leaving this practice and what are you looking for? And because I was, I was kind of a partner in another accounting firm a little bit. And why are you leaving the firm? And I said, you know, I just need to do something else. And, and I'm not sure what it is. And they said, why don't you be a sales manager for small business sales teams? And Wesleyan, it was like I had heard of her. It was like someone was telling me, you know that idea you have, Renee? You should go do that. But I never told anyone. I never told myself that idea. But it just sounded like I had. And I just said, I'm going to do it. A week later, a friend of mine who had been praying with me found my first client for me. And I haven't had to search for clients. We have a website. People find us. People refer us. And it's been like that for 16 years. And that's been a trust process because... I've always always out hunting and finding all my clients and to find ways to open doors that allow them to find me been different, but that's the right way for our business. Not every business, but our business. I don't often get into the conversation about faith on the podcast, but you know, <laughs> you brought it up and I do think that um, you know, I am a believer also, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I know where my strength comes from. And I do think that at those times of difficulty, I always tell people, you know, maybe you don't believe in God, but do you believe in something that is outside of yourself? Yeah. Because in those difficult times in life, that is what helps you get through. Because if you're just depending on yourself, you're, oh, you're pretty much always going to fail yourself, right? Like you're yeah. always going to disappoint yourself in the fact that you can say and have a testimony that for 16 years, business has come to you. You haven't had to to cold call or to do all of these things that a lot of people do and sink money down a hole to try to acquire clients. Right. That is a testimony. But I think what you said, I really like it, is that um, I even have it somewhere on some of the skills or how to improve yourself. You know, I don't talk about a specific base, but talk about like what you said. There's a spirituality, I think, with all of us. And so it's like finding that peace and direction, but there's also more of us. And those people are listening to this podcast because they realize there's more than them. They're looking for more, uh, more than their own thoughts in their own mind. And so, yeah, looking outside ourselves can help us a lot of times, especially when we're stuck. Absolutely. And then, you know, doing what you love, because I actually earlier in my business, I dibbled and dabbled my toe into doing some fractional sales management. And I was like, yeah, this is not for me. Out. Nope, 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 nope. Right. Like I did not enjoy it. And so I got to a place where I was like, I don't enjoy this. I want to do the things that I love doing. And I love talking. I love coaching. I love training. Like those are the things that I love doing. And so for you, that transition came by somebody off chance, just saying something, right? (laughs) Planting a seed that you're like, wait, are you in my brain? How do you know what I'm talking about in my head and talking myself out of? They didn't plant the seed. They planted the tree. (laughs) Ah, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I think it's it's always amazing when somebody plants a seed or a tree and it just comes to life and it blooms. So when you um, stepped into this fractional sales management, tell me about that transition, the transition from doing work that was a little bit blah to you that you didn't enjoy to really stepping into that place of passion and what you really enjoyed, how you enjoyed impacting the world. 
it was just natural. I explained it like this when I was doing the training I was, and I was working with some great material. I still have all my training books. The people were brilliant that uh, certified me and taught me and everything. And I actually did some of their, still do the training now and then for people. But I had to learn someone else's work and teach someone else's work. When the first day I presented was to be fractional sales management for me, I just knew what it was. It's like, okay, I'm, we're going to do this, 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 and this for you. I didn't have to even think. It. I still have my two papers. I asked my wife to put these in a frame. <laughs> this was like the first mind map that said my first proposal conversation. Um, why I believe that uh, back then I just called a you know um, virtual shared sales management. You know why that would work in the marketplace. It was just like it all came that first week so instance. So what I explain is that it just feels like, it felt like breathing. I'm a manager, I'm a leader, you know, I'm a, I'm a sales guy, I'm, sales is my tribe. And so when I jumped back into full, because when I was doing training, I wasn't training salespeople, I was training managers and leaders and teams just in general and organizations, hospitals, banks, so on. And so this is where I belong. And this yeah, is where I, I'm in, still at. And I was asking for direction not destination. And so I was telling someone the other day, it's like, so I'm just paddling down this river called fractional sales management. Now I'm building the business. Still look for other people. And one day my canoe might just kind of port and I'll drop the paddle and walk down another path. Right now I'm just staying down this river. <laughs> that is amazing when you're, and a lot of people don't realize that like when you're forcing yourself, like you're like, okay, I'm a round kind of person, but I'm trying to stick myself in this triangle and it just doesn't seem to fit. I try yeah. to turn it, turn it, turn it. And what you found out was by teaching other people's work and thought leadership and their ideas, it just wasn't natural to you. Right. And I am so much the same. Like I tell people I can't follow scripts. That's why the <laughs> podcast, no two episodes are ever the same because I can't read from scripts. I can't just, I can't follow in a straight line. Yeah. I like to just do what comes naturally to me. And as leaders, many times we do that. We force ourselves into situations and positions where we think it's the best next step. We think this is the right move, but it kills us inside. And we're like yeah. literally dying inside and we do not enjoy it. And to really get to that place where you can wake up every day and say, I love what I do. Like, this is my life's work. You have to take chances and you have to lean on those things that sometimes make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Can I share another thing? Like in leadership, Please. like, so what are my biggest challenges I found as a fractional sales manager? They also equate to anyone out there managing is that is when I don't like the way something's going and I'm not talking about with an individual, usually it's usually like with my manager or my owner client. And it's like, ah, this isn't working. They want to do it this way and I want to do it that way. Okay. As a, as a consultant, I could just fire the client, right? Because I got more. <laughs> so, I, so I have to decide. So this is the decision point. So as an employee, you think about, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go take another job and, you know, whatever. Because you can't get along with the manager. So the question I ask myself now is, is my frustration and all my angst about this person doesn't do what I prefer? Or is what their practice is actually hurting customers, the company, or employees? If the practice is hurting customers, company, and employees, you know, then I probably need to say something and confront it and see if I can live with it or not. But if it's just my preference, I don't like meetings run this way, but the meetings are effective in us. You know, I don't like that he doesn't communicate to me right away. He takes the next day. 
but he always gets me the answers. You know, whatever, whatever it might be. If it's just my preference, then I have to ask myself, can I change my preference? I've had a client stay with me for nine years that I probably wanted to get rid of like, you know, 20 times <laughs> from year one to year nine. But my wife always said, sleep on that. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's uh, sometimes we're just hung up on our own preferences and it's really not a deal killer. So move on. I absolutely agree. Um, whether we're within a company or our the masters, the people who we are answering to are our clients. I mean, we're humans. Yeah. We get frustrated. We get irritated. We get upset. Right. But is it always the time to pull the plug? A lot of times we have to really see, is the onus on us to change our perspective? Or like you said, is this hurting people? Like there have been clients that I worked with that they are hurting their customers. They are hurting their employees. And they're also hurting their profit margins because of the way that they lead and the way that yeah. they perceive things and do things. So yeah, that's not a good fit for me. It's not a good fit for anybody involved. So that's the decision I have to make. And then there are other times where, you know, you get challenged and you're like, I left corporate America and I have to deal with it. Like, <laughs> do I, do I actually want to deal with you? But like you said, you sleep on it, you wake up and say, okay, I'm back to fight this fight because this is why I'm here. Right. I am here to help you solve this solution. I am here to help you overcome these challenges that you have so we can push you forward. Yeah. And what you just said, it was you got re in touch with your purpose of being there. And as a salesperson, as a leader, as an owner, you know, remember your purpose. You know, what are you there for? What I hear you saying. Absolutely. It is always about that purpose. And speaking about purpose, share with us a time, either personally or professionally, that impacted the way that you lead, the way that you show up today. I think being, being a dad. <laughs> so my boys are in their 30s but just growing up they everything wasn't perfect you know we weren't Mayberry and <laughs> or my three sons or whatever whatever it is the current shows mm -hmm. um you know or maybe the current ones are more real than what we are but we had our challenges you know and faced things that required patience and my love grew for a person my sons grew not through them being perfect it grew through their imperfections and my imperfections. And so I think the experience I've had is, you know, just being committed to people unconditionally is going to force you to grow. And so that has also given me more patience with my salespeople and the business owners. That kind of leads to the other thing that kind of helped me reflect on my preferences or what have you. And there were some times where we would put a hand down for the kids and other times we'd say like, hmm, got yourself in a pickle, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> And so anyways, I think I learned the most through parenting of anything on how to lead others better. It's amazing how just having tiny humans <laughs> prepares us for this world of leading. And I always say, I'm not comparing you guys to my children. However, let me tell you what my son just taught me. Yeah. <laughs> let me teach you yeah. this. And for me, when I think about it is in the way that I, I coach and teach and train, it very much comes from me being a mom. Because like my son, I told him we were taking a walk the other day and I said, mommy wants you to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. He was like, mommy, what does that mean? And yeah. so I had to break it down, right? Like, right. what does that mean? I was like, it means being okay, feeling yucky sometimes. He was like, oh, okay. And so like, I literally I had to break concepts down. So my eight-year-old understands because he's so curious. And so when we think about the lessons that we learn as parents, and how we take that and implement and really 
take that empathy, that compassion, that understanding and translate that to the teams that we lead. That is what helps us be stronger and better leaders, right? right? Because we are able to implement those everyday things into our time. I love that. Be comfortable with uh, being uncomfortable because I see the opposite happen. Like only let people be comfortable, you know, and be afraid of discomfort. But the other thing is, which also goes to you know, learning when I was enabling things and when I wasn't. And it's the same thing in sales. Uh, so I strive daily as a leader to treat people as adults. And like I said earlier, give them clear expectations, give them the proper support. But at the end of the day, my job is to be a manager and their job is to be a salesperson. And I don't sell. I don't jump in and save the day and close things. No, they need to learn how to close their deals. And, you know, unless your organization is set up for the sales manager to be the extra thing, but if you can break away from that, you're going to develop stronger salespeople where everyone needs to stand on their own two feet. And then you can really scale from there and attract uh, better people. So it sounds like I heard you say, if you are set up to have your sales team fail, then you want to put your manager in there as a closer. (laughs) Swoop in and close all the deals. Yes, swoop in and close every single deal. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. You want to have weaker salespeople, have your manager close them. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Let's set yourself up for failure by doing that. So Renee, tell us, do you have a gift for my audience? Absolutely. A couple things. They could do, you know, and, and take me up on it. <laughs> you are welcome to just book 30 minutes with me if you want to get brainstorming on, you know, from sales tactics to leadership tactics. If you're an owner that you want to talk about, you know, how to leverage your sales manager leader better because, you know, you need to work better with them. So anyways, anyone can book a meeting with me, 30 minutes, that's there. And I will give 10 people if they want to get the book, okay, part-time sales management. <laughs> If, I don't know if you got the video on this, but part-time sales management, if you're an owner or a manager and you want to just get my breakdown on how we manage sales teams in 10 to 20 hours a month. And so effectively where they're growing and the people are growing, it's really about being really an effective manager, not a babysitter, everything we talked about, letting people grow and elevate. And so first 10 people, if anyone calls in, we'll see who those people are. If they don't, then I'll just have more books around. <laughs> Awesome. 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 And I definitely encourage you because as um, business owners, consultants, uh, service providers, a huge gift for us is the gift of time. So somebody offering you 30 minutes of their time is actually a very huge thing, a big sacrifice. So anyone who wants to tap into Renee, ask him questions, pick his brain, I encourage you to do so. This has been a fantastic conversation, Renee. If somebody just wants to connect with you and say hi, what is the one best way? Find me on LinkedIn under Renee Zamora, sales manager now. You can find me at our website, salesmanagernow.com. I always like to say, Wesley, if you're looking for a sales manager now, just type it in. (laughs) Perfect. I love it. I love it. I love that SEO. That is amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Renee. This has been a wonderful conversation. I have thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. Great. Me too. With you. And Yes, thank you. And that was another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. Remember, every day in all that you do, find one way to transform your sales. Until next time.